This is Geek Gab with your host, Daddy Warpig, and special guest, John DeLaRose. It is, this is, folks, completely outside of our normal broadcast schedule. This is a special edition of Geek Gab, uh, quite possibly the first episode of Geek Gab Battleground, but I'll discuss that with my fellow hosts on the Geek Gab Podcasting Network. We are here today to give John, who for those of you that don't know, is the one of the leading Hispanic fantasy and science fiction authors in the industry. We are here to allow him to speak out about an unconscionable campaign of blacklisting and uh, whispers and sub-rosa threats against people he knows in the industry, driving them away from dealing with him. And he's going to tell his full story in mere moments. By the way, folks, I want you to know that this is, uh, in my opinion, I'll have a chance to say this more and more often during the show, but what has happened to John is truly, truly despicable. And so I reached out to John and offered him a chance to come on Geek Gab and talk about it because I thought that not only did he deserve a chance to air the uh, air the wrongs that have been done to him, but also uh, to talk about what he's doing in response to it and maybe bring some ideas and knowledge to anyone else listening that in case the same thing happens to you. Uh, John, how are you doing? Well, outside of uh, outside of the fact that uh, that I'm I'm somewhat here to complain, I can't complain. Things are going great. Uh, I just uh, had a huge announcement that I'm going to be co-writing a book with Vox Day last week, which I'm excited about, and uh, released a novella as well. So uh, they, I, I keep posting this as a hashtag because I'm liking to co-opt it, but they can't stop the signal. Absolutely, uh, which by the way doesn't prevent them from trying. Not at all. Now, I, I think it's interesting. You have been targeted professionally by the head of the SFWA, the Science Fictions Writers Association, although technically it's the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Association now. Um, they have the Writers Association that's supposed to represent the interests of writers. The head of it has targeted you personally for an outrage vendetta. They have contacted people you know. They have contacted people you are uh, you have a b business relationship with. They have contacted, uh, as far as I can tell, just about everyone who might be amenable to their pleas to smear your name and drive them away from you. Is that an inaccurate statement? Yeah, about about a week ago, uh, I started noticing. Um, I, I was actually going to message somebody because I knew they were having some health problems. A, a science fiction professional, I, I won't name because they obviously don't want to be associated with me. Um, but uh, I, I was going to contact them to offer prayer because I knew I knew this person was having uh, some personal issues going on and and to check in on him for that. And uh, I I looked in and I was like, oh, I'm I'm defriended now and I can't contact this person. What's going on? And uh, so I, I had an inkling that there's a couple others out there. So I, I started looking and I thought, well, let's see. Uh, I, I know some contacts who have worked for Bain Books before and let, let's let's see what, if they're still my, oh, they're not my friends either. Interesting. Um, and I, uh, I I rounded up about 10 of these individuals who are, who are professionals in the field. They get either published by uh, traditional good publishing company like Bain or, 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 you know, a less reputable one like Tor, or, uh, you know, they're, they're in, they're in the magazine market through analog and Asimov's and all those. And I, I, I noticed I had about 10 people missing from my friends list who are, are not just people I kind of knew just cause I added them on the internet, but people I've gone to conventions with people I've bought lunch for people I've bought drinks for people I've spent good time with even, even some people who have spent time at my house, uh, and, and played games with me, et cetera. Uh, and and they're gone, and uh, and uh, so I started messaging a couple of them. I said, "What's going on?" And uh, the first time I got a, a message saying, 
you know, I, I, your posts are just getting increasingly angry and, uh, I, 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 this is their words, obviously. <laughs> um, cause I don't think I've changed much over the last six months since I've come out of the closet. Um, I, I have to tell you that it's, it's disturbing listening to you right now. The sheer rage and vitriol in your tone is, is, uh, kind of right. making me afraid for the safety of anyone around you. Right. I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even outing these people because I, you know, honestly, I hung out with them. I don't, if, if their whole thing is a fear thing that they don't want to be associated with me because of their professional context, I, I figure it's probably, probably best, uh, to, to, respect that to some degree, even though, even though it's uh, quite hurtful, but, um, the, uh, so, so I got that message and then I got that message again and then I got that message again. And I'm like, huh, I've had the exact, almost exactly the same wording from three people. This is at the exact same time. And they all are in the same industry and all have the same, uh, association with me plus an association with the science fiction writers of America. This is bizarre. Um, <laughs> So I finally got one to talk to me, which uh, half, half of them will not respond to me or have blocked me, so I can't contact them at this point. I finally got one to talk to me, and I was told that um, the president of CIFWA, Kat Rambo, made a post about me saying that there uh, are mutual uh, people. I am a quote, this, this is a term they use for anybody who is opposed to their political agenda, a quote, known harasser. They always, they always use this. They always, always, always go to this, this playbook and that, uh, and, and warn them not to associate with me or to respond to me. Well, that's interesting because a lot of these people, like I said, have, have hung out with me before, but that was apparently, uh, there was that. And, uh, once I got on the phone call with one of these people, uh, there was, the, uh, he admitted that there was a, uh, private message going around warning people against associating with me. So um, I, I got that warning. I was not, I, it's all verbal. I wasn't told the exact contents of that message. I only know uh, her public Facebook post doing the same. But, uh, but as I understand it, she and probably some other people who are high level officers in CIFWA um, are going around the industry uh, telling people not to associate with me. And I, I don't know if it's uh, making me sound like I'm some sort of Nazi or something or whether they're threatening or both. Uh, but it's very disconcerting. At this point, known harasser is just a synonym for, um, you know, crime thinker. It It's just a tag they slap on anybody who has opinions they disapprove of. And, and that's where this started, is, is with your opinion, specifically with an opinion piece uh, you wrote. Although, being an opinion piece, you backed it up with some solid facts. Yeah, I, um, I, I, uh, I, I wrote it with some... Uh, kind of bombastic language towards uh, the publishing elite, of course, but I, but the facts, but it was heavily, heavily, heavily fact oriented. I spent probably eight plus hours working on going over the facts and making sure and uh, asking for quotes from different magazine editors, you know, not, only, only one of whom had the, uh, had a, was, was very nice to actually have a real conversation with me about it. Um, that was Neil Clark of Clark's World. And I followed up on that. And uh, I said, you know what? This guy is a stand-up guy. He 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 doesn't agree with me, but he decided to talk to me, and and that's that's all I can ask, you know. Um, so uh, so I, I am actually subscribing to Clark Troll now because uh, just because he's a good guy, and I recommend everybody do the same uh, because I think I think we should reward good behavior similarly as we as we uh, punish bad behavior. But so uh, what, oh, go what ahead. was the original piece about? The original piece uh, was I I was looking into a a group called the Escape Podcast and they're a, a podcast network and they do a month where they publish only women science fiction authors and they do it because women are oppressed women are need to be raised awareness for women need to you know the the standard mantra that you hear from uh, the social justice types and uh, I I went through their stuff just just theirs at first and i saw that they mostly only publish women anyway so i said well when are you going to do a men only month since you're doing this it seems like fair thing to do a battle of the sexes thing and make it kind of fun it's it's not fun with them though it's deadly serious so they uh they they torched me on twitter for asking the question they called me a troll they they uh made a your mom joke at me from their magazine account uh, they got all of their contributors and editors and et cetera to pile on me, of course, because this always happens. 
and they got different authors to start calling me names and all that. And um, when I, 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 at this point, actually, uh, our, my humble host here saw the saw the amount of vitriol I was getting, and, and saw, and there was a point where I was losing it for a sec uh, because it was just it was uh, too much pressure. And and, uh, and you told me, uh, hey, take take a couple of days off the internet, <laughs> and I did, thankfully. So th thanks for that. Um, so that was the, uh, that was kind of the, the onus of that. And I, I, once I, once I saw that, I said, you know what, I'm going to do a sampling of the entire industry. I'm going to go through every professional magazine that puts out monthly, uh, monthly science fiction stories that I can find. And I'm going to total up whether they're just their rates of male or female publications and, uh, and look into this. And I found that just on a one-to-one -one basis of just publishing, not, not alone submitting, submitting, submitting is another story, which I'll get to but that uh, women are published about 16% more often than men. So if that's the case, there's just on that alone, there, there's definitely no need to feature women artists uh, only and, and never men artists uh, because the industry is obviously mostly only publishing women. Now you get into the submission data and I, I've, I've talked to four different editors at different magazines. Clark, Clark was the only one who gave me a real conversation, but I, but I've gotten, I got a little bit of, info from a couple others. Um, and men do submit more than women at all of the ones that I asked by, by, by good amounts. It's not even close, they said. Um, so I kind of looked up some data. I had another author who's anonymous in this help me based on a, a site called Submissions Grinder. And we, we determined that the average woman has about a 2% chance of getting their story accepted by a magazine, uh, which is very low because there's thousands of submissions per story published. And uh, the average man submitting has a 0.5% chance. So there, there's about four times the amount of women that uh, are, are able to get published. Uh, just, just that's your odds. Your odds are four times better if you're a woman, um, uh, just based on the submission data. So very, very, uh, very disconcerting stuff. And uh, so, of course, I uh, made sure everybody was aware of this. And uh, the president of the science fiction writers of America should probably know about this happening in the industry because it's her job to quote protect writers. That is that is their mission statement on CIFWA, and uh, and she uh, took a lot of exception to that article existing. Uh, by the way, folks, it, just in case you were interested in reading uh, the article, it is currently uh, it is linked to in the description below the vehicle, so uh, you can go check it out after the show is over. So, um, so you, yeah, you wrote this article, mm -hmm. um, and it got a lot of response from a lot of people, especially because it kind of, uh, well, not kind of, it directly contradicted the current narrative, uh, the current victimology narrative popular among uh, a certain set of people. Yeah, I mean, this this isn't abnormal, this Woman Only Month thing. I mean, almost every one of these magazines in their submission data says we we, we prefer women and minorities and disabled and, and whatevers. They all say this in their submission data, that, that they are preferring, that their particular magazine is preferring because there's such discrimination going on against them. Well, unfortunately, all of them say this, and it you can't go a month if you if you're looking in the submissions market with a without seeing a woman only anthology or a minorities only anthology. You see them all the time. You never see any white only anthologies or men only anthologies ever. So you know if that's the case, uh, the, their narrative is uh, is is either intentionally misleading or they're just so caught up in it that it's become a religion. And I, I think it's pretty much more the latter. Uh, and that's I've I've offended their religion, which is which is really my crime here. So the SFWA, um, I guess we could go any one of a number of directions with this discussion. Yeah. Uh, but uh, their job is to protect and promote writers, and uh, instead, because you offended the ideological beliefs of the head of the SFWA, she and possibly others. Um, decided to try and torch your career, decided to try and destroy your career by driving away contacts, by driving away people you know, by driving away, um, you know, people that you are actually doing business with. 
or could yeah. do business with in the future. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it got really hairy. Um, and and my, um, my story with her goes back a little further. Um, I came on the scene uh, in February uh, when, when Vox Day gave me a platform because I had been removed from speaking at a local science fiction convention after I've spoke there for years. And uh, I'm, I'm always one of their more popular people, even though I hadn't really uh, had much of a, um, you know, sort of professional presence up until kind of mid last year. But I finally came out with my, my first book in November and suddenly I'm no longer on their invite list. Well, you know, one thing happened and that was the election in 2016 and I was very vocal about it. And the organizers were very vocal on the other side and got really mad and defriended me and called me Nazi, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, <laughs> again, people who have hung out with me a bunch in person, it's, it's very, very disgusting behavior. Um, so that circled around different internet websites and there's some science fiction hate websites out there. Um, you know, there's, there's one, one in particular, which uh, we're all pretty familiar with, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to name them. So we don't give them some extra traffic for the day. Um, but what happened was my, my first encounter with the president of SIFWA was she was on here and, and that website started regularly linking my blogs and, and just bashing me. And then all of their commenters would bash me as well. And, and some of whom are professionals in the industry. They're not just, they're not just the fans. I don't, I don't, you know, if a fan or somebody random on the internet bashes me, I'm, I'm used to that. I don't, I don't respond to that typically, but, uh, I saw that she did and I'm like, wow, this is the president of SIFWA and I've read her stories and her stories are fine. And I've actually appeared in an anthology with my story beside hers. I mean, it's very, very bizarre that she came out here and she is attacking one of my articles. My, my article was a, at the time was a sort of, you know, Hey, indie publishing is faster and better and, uh, and producing better content than traditional publishing, um, sort of, sort of rah, rah piece. And uh, she she went on there and bashed it and called called my writing egregious stupidity. Well, if if she's doing that from her position of power against a random independent author who has one book out, which I did at the time, um, that that's a bad bad thing for a organization like you said that their whole point is to defend authors. Um, so I started using that piece for marketing, of course, because if she calls me that, that then I'm on a kind of I'm kind of a banned author at that point. She didn't like that, but you know whatever. Um, a couple months later goes by and a um, the, a professional author tells me, hey, uh, she's a reasonable person. She doesn't want a part of this culture war. She just wants to be, you know, kind of help everybody out. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll reach out and I'll try to, I'll try to see, see if we can do something here. And so we had some conversations back and forth, which were perfectly reasonable and perfectly fine up until this piece came out. Once this piece came out, uh, she would, she actually went through my Facebook and found you know, quote, bad things I was saying and uh, and would would send me emails with them to prove I was a bad person. She called me a troll via email. So she didn't have time to deal with trolls like me. Uh, she called my piece, uh, which I, I literally just counted up stories uh, and and published the results. She called them alt numbers, which they always like to throw alt in front of something as as like an insult. <laughs> I don't even it doesn't even make sense. But uh, so she she got pretty bad from there. And um, the, my main qualm after that, I mean, I was pretty offended that uh, she didn't, you know, just have a regular discussion about the article like a normal person, but instead attacked me. Um, but she also took to the uh, Science Fiction Writers of America's professional account and retweeted a tweet of hers that was, um, that was diminishing my piece and trying, to, you know, trying to prove that I was wrong. It didn't, it didn't actually you know, provide alternate numbers that showed I was wrong. It just said that, that my methodology was wrong and didn't, didn't exactly say why. Um, and so she, she did, she did that. And I looked at that and I went, wow, I, I know Vox Day was kicked out of SIFWA for do, for doing this very thing by taking a personal vendetta against a writer to, uh, uh, to that Twitter account. That, that was their reasoning for kicking him out. And uh, now she's done this for me, and she's the president. And uh, this is this is obviously not acceptable. Do they have rules? And I found out they didn't. <laughs> um. So, when she started going after you, um, and this began escalating, you found out that all these people had uh, basically listened to her, and uh, mm -hmm. that she was burning all of your contacts. Um. What happened at that point? 
Yeah, so that 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 hit pretty hard, um, and I, I had those conversations as I mentioned. Um, one actually did hit my business hard in particular, and I've not mentioned this anywhere else publicly to date. I, there's some people who know this privately, um, but my cover artist Sean King, um, he um, blocked me on all social media. He stopped responding to my emails, and and I was supposed to work with him on another cover. Um, and I, I came out with a book. Usually he, he at least links it and, uh, wouldn't talk to me. And I, I emailed him. I said, Hey, call me because I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what your problem is. And I want to, I want to resolve it. And, Specifically, uh, you came out with a book that has yeah. a cover made by him, by him. Correct. Wouldn't link to what he w didn't even mention it. Didn't mention it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm blocked and that I, I went to tell him the books out here. Here's the link. And I, I couldn't, uh, which is odd because I, I usually talk to him on Facebook Messenger, and it, you know we've actually gotten along really well. We we had we listen to the same music, we read a lot of the same books, we have a lot of the same friends, and uh, I I'd never had a problem with him. I I mentioned you know I've mentioned a couple times over the last few months. You know I take some political heat, you know, and he says, oh I don't care. I'm I'm just doing work and I just do cover art and I I don't want to get involved in politics. And I'm like right on, that's cool. Um, I like that. I wish more people were like that. Well, it turns out he did. And I, I don't know what happened to this date. I don't know who got to him or what was said to him. I don't know if he uh, just, you know, suddenly realized I'm a terrible, horrible right winger and should never be published again. But um, I am apparently blackballed from his art, uh, even though I just released another success. This is my second work with him. We've worked very well. And, uh, and they've been very successful. Uh, we've been very successful as a pairing. Um, it's, it's extremely unfortunate and I'm, uh, that, that actually, that got to me a lot more than, than most because, you know, something actually hurt my professional career. This is somebody I was talking to regularly as it was. Um, it's very hurtful to see somebody act like that, who you are trying to work with and, and trying to just produce good science fiction books with. Here's the thing that, that bothered me most about that situation is that, uh, Sean King, does actually do uh, good work. I mean, he really Correct. does do good work, and he's he's uh, maybe pricey for most indie artists or most indie writers, but he does good work. And I remember, you know, John C. Wright uh, mentioned about your cover to um, the steampunk uh, book. Do you want to give that title real quick? Yeah, for Steam and Country, it's uh, that's definitely my my flagship series at this point. So if you want to support me, uh, I would appreciate you reading that one first. He. Uh, mentioned that he loved the cover of For Steam and Country so much, he made it his desktop wallpaper. So yeah. a great cover, a well-done cover, can be a big asset in helping you sell your book, and people can complain about all they want, say it's not fair, but, you know, it's, it's just the world you live in. People like covers, even on Amazon, and, uh, you know, covers are what get people to click on the little thumbnail to go see your book and if you have a great cover there it's make people it grants you credibility not only is it attractive to draw readers and it grants you credibility so the better cover you can put on your book the better readers uh, or potential readers will respond to your work the more likely they are to um uh, to listen to it so excuse me more likely they are to read it more likely they are to buy it so when by driving the artist away from you, it um, it was really an attempt to materially hurt your business, to deprive you of an asset to try and hurt future sales. Um, and stupidly on the artist's part, it also deprived him of any money you could have given him in the future. Um, so yeah, I um, I, uh, I uh, haven't seen much about it because as I said, I'm blocked, but I, I did have another friend over the weekend tell me, Hey, people, people mentioned Sean King in, in conjunction with you. Uh, now that this all hero projects ago and, and calling you a Nazi, you know, with tagging him on it. And I'm like, this is so out of control. It's, uh, uh, you, you want to talk about Nazi behavior. I mean, it is literally trying to stop people from being able to just write stories and get other people to see them just based on uh, the fact that they don't like the person personally uh, <laughs> because they're a part of a wrong group. 
that's uh that's uh it's, it's extremely disconcerting i mean they're, they're literally trying to drive you out of um out of the business of being an author they're trying to drive you from the field by denying you all you know anybody that you could talk to anybody at ban and obviously uh, everybody else and that is for most people a real danger and a real threat. And we've seen things like this happen to Nobel Prize winners. We've seen, seen things like this happen to um, guiding light figures, uh, foundational figures in uh, programming. We've seen this happen to um, entertainers. We've seen this happen to a lot, a lot, a lot of people. And social justice warriors, SJWs, uh, don't just uh, disagree. They don't just argue with you. They actually try to destroy your life. Uh, yeah. It, it, there, one, one of the people who came out of this whole situation, I, I, I got the name of the person. It was just a, a random dude. Um, but it, it came from the situation just timing wise, actually started posting information about my family. Uh, they started going to my wife's Etsy account page, uh, where she, uh, she made, she made jewelry and all that. They found it and they started. They started trying to trying to hurt her there. She actually shut hers down because she doesn't have the, the fortitude that I do, and she doesn't want to deal with it. Um, and then they posted information about my young children, um, and uh, it, it was extremely frightening. Uh, when I saw that, I thought, "Whoa, my 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 they're they're finding information on my family and then threatening my family." Um, I called the police on it, and because the way they worded it was not a direct threat. Uh, they said it was a, it was protected under free speech, and they can just post information about children, which is which is also disconcerting. Um, but I mean, the implied threat is there that you know if you if you say the wrong things, if you are if you are the wrong thing, uh, we're going to come after your family, and we are going to find your family and hurt them. Um, and uh, that's uh, you have to be you have to be very confident in yourself, in your ability to defend your family. You have to be in a position where you can. Um, where you can absorb these blows and still still go to work in, in the morning and you have still have to be in a position with with your your job and your work to where you're not going to be at a risk of somebody harassing your employer um, uh, to do this and it, it is the very real reality of trying to just you know be a good American and a good Christian in the industry at this point uh, you're, you're, you're gonna get that kind of hate and that's why a lot of people don't step up to play because the implicit threat is if you don't play ball and that's, I know that's a little bit of irony with your recent release but if you don't play ball um, with cat Rambo and the other people at SFWA then they're gonna do the same thing to you correct you know, if the artists and the other writers and the editors uh, didn't do didn't listen and didn't participate didn't you know disavow you they would be targeted the exact same way that's uh, that's what the implied threat is correct and and a lot of people, you know, if you're if you're on the if you're slightly on the left or you're a moderator or all that, and you and you see you know a person being called a harasser, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I mean, you don't want to deal with that. I mean, it's it's totally understandable that they wouldn't want to deal with that, uh, and and don't want to risk the association, uh, which is why I'm not calling them out personally. I mean, I I feel for their position, um, and I I wish it were differently because it's it's shitty, but uh, pardon pardon my language, but. Um, it's, uh, I don't really have a better way to describe it. Um, so at this point, you have um, done all you can to, to make yourself, what's the term? Um, and I don't know who came up with this term, anti-fragile? Um, yeah, I mean, I, so basically, I mean, I, I've uh, early got in with, Sort of Vox Day's movement in fighting fighting against social justice, and there there's there's two options. I mean, so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually, I was just reading uh, his new book, Social Justice Warriors Always Double Down, um, and he and he he put this: there there are no neutral parting parties since. No fence sitting is permitted, and since no common ground is to be found, no one is permitted to sit out or refuse to take sides. Sooner or later, you are going to be forced to declare yourself either by publicly submitting to the SJW narrative or openly rejecting it. And um, and that's that's what they force you to do. They 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 force these ultimatums every time, and uh, and a lot of people, like I said, can't fight it. Um, but I decided to, 
And so I decided, you know what, I'm screw it. There's nothing, there's nothing these big publishers can do for me that I can't do better. I'm just going to go out there and produce content myself. I'm, I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to produce, I'm going to blog every day. I'm going to periscope every day. People are going to watch me and people are going to read me and I'm going to put out books as fast as I possibly can and screw it. Um, and I think that's the only way to put a stop to it. If you, if you're, if you are on their target list for any reason, and you will be, I mean, if you are, if you are a conservative, even, even slightly, if you're kind of in the middle and you're trying to play this game, uh, I know, I know a lot of people who are, and if you're trying to play the game quiet because you, you don't want to rock the boat and you, you want to get published by analog and you want to get published by this, this group and that group. And so you don't want to deal with it. Um, know this, um, there are a lot more people who read my books than read uh, most of those magazines. There are a lot, and, and once you're in those magazines, here's, here's the other truth, and I, I talk about this with short fiction all the time. Uh, they might go in for their big author who's in that magazine, and they'll try to, and they'll read it for that author's magazine. Only a quarter of them, maybe less, are gonna read your story anyway. And most of them won't remember you at the end of the story. They might remember your decent story of, of you know, 4,000 words, but that's not enough to leave a lasting impression on them because uh, the way that marketing and media works at this point is they need multiple impressions over over a short time period to make it a habit or they don't. And uh, that's just not enough content to do it for you. So, and more than that, you're not going to be able to make enough money off of it. You, you sell a story to analog, you make 200 bucks. And, you know, I mean, how many of those can you sell a year? You can sell 10, maybe. I mean, you're, you're not going to have a professional career based on that. So what people find is when they go through these circuits and they make their and they make their sales of their books. I mean, look at um, I you know I'm I'm going to pick on Cat Rambo a little bit, but if I'm going to go to her novel right now on Amazon, so she came out with a novel last year. She and she's one of the most prolific authors out there. Let's not let's I'm not going to demean her or diminish her uh, what she's done here. Um, she's got hundreds of stories out there. She has done better on the short fiction writing circuit than almost everybody. She is the 1% of the short fiction market of people who are professionals already. So if you think you can get to this point, it's very, 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 very rare. And, you know, she came out with a novel last year and um, let's take a look. So, you know, there, there's an exponential curve of sales to um, sales to reviews and sales to um, the uh, Kindle store. She's at rank 823,000 in the Kindle store right now, which means somebody hasn't bought her book, even a copy in you know six plus months. Um, she's at 27 reviews, which is less than half of my steampunk book that I independently released by myself. And, uh, and, and this, is, this is a person in that sort of power who's had 200 plus stories to her name. So that sort of going into that market will not build you a career. It, there's in no way does it build you a career. It'll build you cred among this small author circle, but these small author circles do not buy books. They don't read books. They're busy writing their own books. And so it does you no good. And, and Nick Cole told me this right away. He said, you don't need author friends. You need reader friends. And uh, that, that's the correct attitude towards the business, in my opinion. Um, was her book traditionally published, by the way? Um, her book came out through Wordfire Press. So uh, Wordfire is a is a larger one of the small press, but they are they are still a small press. But they they get a lot of uh, a lot of the bigger name industry professionals under under their banner. So the natural way to take this and this is just a it, it's pure coincidence that your uh, the scheduling for you coming on the show happened to coincide with this. Um, Vox Day released today SJW's Always Double Down. Um, and I want to read a bit from the introduction to the book, uh, the introduction by another Castalia House writer, um, by the name of Ivan Throne, um, because it has direct applicability to the SFWA situation. 
Today, corporations topple, riddled with social justice warriors who screech and threaten and grovel, advancing by any means necessary their infected parasitism until the enterprise no longer exists to pursue its business in the market, but expires as a hollow husk directed only towards the promotion of the social justice warrior ideology, all at the expense of customers and markets it was built to serve. That perfectly describes the state of the SFWA today. It is no it longer fulfilling its function to advocate for writers. It's no longer fulfilling its function to advocate. I mean, specifically, writers associations are supposed to protect you against blacklists or being blacklisted. They're supposed to protect you against having your career targeted for whatever picayune, petty personal reasons someone decides to try and destroy your life. They're supposed to be on your side against the powerful, and in this case, because you offended the social justice warrior uh, clique, the SFWA's officers are attacking you. Um, the organization is useless. There Correct. is there's no reason to join SFWA if you're a new writer. There's really no benefit to joining it uh, unless you just get a, you know, unless you've dreamt of doing it your entire life, you can get a charge from, from having one of their cards, in which case sign up for a year and then dump your membership because uh, you'll get your card and, and then you don't have to belong to it. Um, There's a, they, they offer a couple things only and it's a forum to talk. I don't know what's in their forum, but I'm on plenty of writers forums that are free um, with some really good right. A lot, a lot of them have very good writers in them. I mean, so there's there's no benefit there. Um, you, it's not like there's any extra promotion you'll get out of them uh, for your book. Most people uh, in it are just in it and never get any promotion from them whatsoever. Um, you get to vote in the Nebula Awards. I guess that's the only. I guess that's the only real perk that could tangibly do anything for you. Um, but you know, a hundred bucks a year or whatever it is to to vote for an award is is kind of ridiculous. Um, there's there's other awards out there, and uh, and then they say they offer legal defense, but you know, most book contracts are pretty standard these days. Um, so there's not there's not really a whole lot uh, of contract dispute stuff that really is super applicable for most writers. So yeah, there, I I don't really see a purpose to the organization at this point. Um. So let me ask a question. Is there any advice uh, you would give writers who have been targeted in the same fashion you have? Uh, don't be afraid to speak out. And uh, definitely, if there's, I'd reach out because there's there's people like myself, there's people like Vox who have platforms where a lot of people are reading. And we're, you know, we, we are very sympathetic to people in our situation. We'll do our best to get you readers. We'll do our best to uh, uh, give give a platform for your side of the story so you can tell it because, you know, the the, the real crux of what happens here is, um, you know, Kat goes around saying, I'm this horrible, terrible harasser person and I'm a horrible, terrible harasser person. Look at this meme he made where he, where he called me a meme girl. And they act like I did that out of nowhere. <laughs> Um, or that it's a disproportionate response somehow. And they, they do all their attacks in a manner that is makes that absolves them of personal culpability because you can't find it uh, or you can't find a, you know, you, I, I can't find evidence of who is messaging people uh, to uh, extricate themselves from me. I just know that there is a message out there. They, the person didn't give me the name of who the message was for, for good reason because I would have blasted it all over the place. Um, and it would have implicated him, but they they do it in that way. They they did it via personal email. So I mean, this the reason the reason I've gone so hard on this at this point was not even at that point when they were trying to torch me over this article, kind of mildly. Uh, the reason I've gone hard on this is because I again was just trying to patch things up. I was trying to uh, be the open-minded friends with people I disagree with and and show that there's a better way than all this culture fighting. Because you know it's just my nature to do that, and uh, I invited uh, I invited Cat on a YouTube program, which I which I instead did with Jeffro Johnson last Thursday to talk about RPGs and writing because we're both into RPGs and writing, 
And she came back threatening to sue me if I ever contact her again. <laughs> uh, for, so, so you want to talk about a disproportionate response. That is, that is why I've gone out and started talking about this individual uh, like this to begin with. Um, I mean, that is, that is just nutty to me uh, that, that somebody would respond like that when I, when I, I mean, just think of how many people would have tuned in just to see me and her chat. Uh, and I mean, it would have been great for, for both of us publicity wise. Um, but uh, inst instead, we just have this publicity mess where I'm gaining readers and I'm losing industry contacts and she's maintaining her industry contacts, but she's ensuring readers never read her again. So it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a bad thing. Um, but for a writer, to, to address your question, you know, I, I'm not sure the open-minded, I'm not sure the, the friends with all sides works. Um, I mean, I've lost all my friends that, you know, at some point, if you ever speak out and you go against their narrative, you're, they're not going to stand by you is what it comes down to. Um, only, only the people who are, are true loyal people who value loyalty are going to stand by you. And, and there's, there's not that many because we've already talked about, uh, the repercussions of, uh, people coming after your families and your jobs and things like that. So you, you can only expect to stand alone and there's very few of us, but I suggest fighting anyway. Um, the more of us fight, the more it diffuses. So if, if I'm fighting and you're fighting and Vox is fighting, it's better than if Vox is just fighting alone because they, they can pile on Vox by himself a lot easier. But you know, if there's 10 of us, it diffuses that because they only have so much energy to go after all of us, right? And, and so much time. And you know, if there's a hundred of us, then there's only, you know, that gets diffused even more. And once there's a thousand of us, uh, you know, I mean, they, they can't stop us at that point. So I think fighting is the answer. And I think uh, making contacts with people like uh, Daddy Warpig here, uh, your, your, ho your host, and uh, like myself, like Vox Day, Ivan Throne's another great one, as you mentioned. He's, he's, a, he's a guy who's a real stand-up guy who cares. John C. Wright's another great one. Uh, I, can, I can go on. There's a lot of people out there. It's not, it's not a small group anymore like it was when the Hugo thing started a couple years ago. And, uh, and it's getting bigger because of this whole comic skate thing because now we've got, we've got diversity in comics and we've got all these other people uh, who are fighting this same fight. Um, so you will not lose anything. You will gain a readership uh, real quick. Real quick, I am, uh, you know, I get accused of using this uh, as a as a stunt sort of thing to gain a readership pretty often because I do. What what happens is I, I figure there's two choices. I can uh, use somebody's attack on me as a marketing piece and make light of it and have fun with it, and uh, you know, it, I can laugh it off plus gain sales, or I can ignore it, internalize it, and, and get upset. Um, I, I choose to uh, use it for my own profitability because if it's there, I might as well use it. Um, I don't want it. I, I would much, I've always wanted to, if I could hang out with John Scalzi tomorrow and just have a drink and hang out and laugh and, and be friends, I would much rather that. Same with Kat. I mean, I, I, I would, I'd like an apology for, for the way they, they kind of came at me. Um, but you know, I mean, I'm not a, uh, I don't hold grudges, but I, and I also don't expect it'll ever happen. Um, so I, th I think fighting is, is the answer. And I think, uh, publishing yourself and putting out as much product as fast as possible is the way to do it because we are in a new internet era where people just want content. They want, uh, to binge content and they, uh, they also want something new, uh, you know, every week, every month, every day, uh, they're craving it. So, uh, don't be afraid. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to read something I wrote uh, over on Twitter um, because uh, it has direct applicability to this situation. So um, this isn't necessarily for John. This is for people in the audience. Um, and I assembled this into a moment. Uh, it's about fighting the culture war. The thing about being a culture warrior, nobody's got our backs but us. Uh, and I'd like to point out, folks, that if you're not a culture warrior now, sooner or later you will be because the howling mob will be coming for you, especially if you're active on social media and a double especially if you're active in a creative field like comics or writing or TV, whatever. So to continue, uh, the social justice left is trying to destroy our hobbies. The establishment right just doesn't care. 
Uh, the establishment right doesn't care about video games, role-playing games, comics, anything. They're all about elections, candidates, polling, not culture. It's up to fans to save the stuff we love and not normie fans. Persnickety, stubborn, disreputable fans. See, if you are on the front lines of this culture war, you kind of have to accept that you are going to be disreputable. Um, you are going to be, um, in, in certain cases, by, by social justice and by normies who don't know the difference, you're going to be disreputable and despised. And the only allies you're going to have are the other people who have themselves declared to be uh, disreputable and despised. Um, and I'm not going to read the, the rest of this, uh, but I'll link to it in the description. Um, it's just... It's, it's right on. You have to accept that the only allies you're going to have are other people who are also outcasts like you. Uh, until we get enough people who are outcasts to become the... So there's so many of us that we become a new establishment, an alternative to their establishment. Uh, and it's going to happen. And it's happening It's happening faster than people realize. Um, I, like I said, I, I just came on the scene in November uh, I, last year. So we're, I'm about 11 months into having a professional writing career at all. I came out with a book. It was it did okay. It was, it was not you know for for a first release from a nobody. It, it was doing fine, but it wasn't doing you know it didn't it didn't put up splashy numbers. Um, and and when I when I got involved here and and when I was truthful about um, what's been happening to me and, and truthful about who I am, I found a, a much broader base of support because uh, people invest in people more than they invest in product. You have to have a good product too. I mean, I, I my Star Realms book was. Was uh, was very widely uh, um, praised, and uh, you know I had a great editor on it who was nominated for a Hugo Award herself a couple years ago, and um, and we did we we put out a very good product uh, for that for that game, but people people will invest in you as long as long as you are out there telling the truth, and um, and I think that's that's the big lesson to learn from this. Um. So. Those of you who are either have been, are being, or will be targeted by social justice warriors for the exact same thing that has happened to uh, John. I have included in the link below, um, that included in the description below the video, a link to uh, the SJW Attack Survival Guide, which will give you some tips on uh, what to do if you've been attacked like this, how to... Um, how to defend yourself, how to organize things, and how to set yourself up. And this is my recommendation. You're, you're going to have two options in the future. Keep your head down or prepare for the storm. There, there isn't going to be, especially if you're a writer or active on social media in a non-anonymous fashion, Keep your head down and hope they don't notice you or prepare to weather the storm. Those are your only two choices. And preparing to weather the storm means um, arranging your life, arranging your business matters such that it is difficult to impossible for them to destroy your livelihood, which they will do. If you remember the dentist who uh, went hunting in Africa, they destroyed his business. If you remember the couple who didn't want to bake a cake, they destroyed their business. You had a pizza parlor in Indiana, I believe, that was called up by a reporter and asked a question about catering a gay wedding. And because they gave the wrong answer, because a pizza parlor indicated the wrong answer this reporter jumped all over them, and the social justice warriors jumped all over them and tried to drive that that company out of business. 
it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what line of work you're in. You can be targeted at any time. And if you are in a situation where uh, you are dependent on other people for your income, you work at a company or whatever, make sure that you never mention online where you work so that no one can find it out, so that your work is protected, so that they can't get you at your work. Um, or another thing that I've seen people do is talk to their bosses and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm talking to stuff on Facebook. People may try to blow up my life. I don't know how well that's going to work with you. It depends on your boss. Um, the other option for writers, uh, especially, is to publish independently. If you're an indie writer, then you're not dependent on another company. And this is a point I made before a couple of years ago that I don't know that I was at the point where it would really penetrate and people would really grok. Bayon Books publishes right-wing authors right now. But all it takes for Bayon Books to become a left-wing author, a left-wing publisher, is one person. One person in the right position will completely turn Bayon into a social justice publisher. As a company, and I'm not saying that's likely, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I've seen signs that some of the people working at Bayon are social justice that Some of the anthologies they published recently uh, have large uh, influence from social justice. So you just have to be aware that if you're traditionally published, Bayon Books is not going to be a safe harbor in perpetuity. You can't trust, really trust, any publisher. You have to set up your career so that you will be protected, so that you don't have to depend on other people. The more you have to depend on other people, the more vulnerable you are, and the less likely, the less eager you should be to jump up in the face of SJWs. Uh, on the other hand, here's the, the freedom you get. If you've already been declared anathema, if you've already been declared unclean, outcast, leper, it doesn't matter what you do anymore. As soon as they have cast you out, as soon as you are unspeakable, then it doesn't matter what you say. You can say whatever suits you according to your moral code and beliefs because that's it. They've already done it. You're already out. You don't have to worry about enraging one of these psychopaths who are looking to take a scalp because it gains them credibility in their community. They have an entire cult based around hunting down and public punishing uh, crime think. And as soon as they've declared you to be a crime thinker, you don't have to care anymore. You can just do exactly what you feel you need to do. So honestly, yeah, I am, I am suggesting that people whose lives can be easily disrupted or who are vulnerable to disruption, you might want to tread a little bit more carefully. Create an anonymous account to be involved with uh, fighting the SJW so that they don't uh, destroy your real life. On the other hand, if you've already been cast out or your life doesn't depend on anyone else, then by all means, you know, raise the flag high, go on the warpath, say what you need to say, because it isn't going to matter to you. And, and I want to I want to add something to this. I want to add something to this because there, there's a lot of us. If if you are in that position, especially if you're you have a job and you you have to be careful, like like uh, Daddy's suggesting here, um, support people who are able to get out there. The this is the big thing. Um, it, Vox mentioned this the other day in conjunction with Alt Hero. Alt Hero is a superhero co uh, concept that is meant to take on the social justice establishment of Marvel Comics and the comic industry that is 100% blackballing uh, people who are not of, their, of their, their crew. There's not a single writer for Marvel Comics who does not completely advocate for crazy social justice politics. This is a, this is a very successful, I've never, I've never seen a comic Kickstarter like this make this kind of money. It's already $90,000 plus, and there's a lot of great people involved, including myself. 
But on the flip side, the people on the right, nobody. He, he mentioned this the other day. Nobody in right wing media has mentioned it. And we we often do not get involved in culture. We kind of stay out of it to a degree where I, I get that, and I, I agree with with the if if you need to kind of keep quiet, keep quiet. But, but you can back these projects anonymously. You can you can help supporters. Your your Amazon purchases are tracked by Amazon, but uh, I mean they're 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 private with your own home. Um, and these content creators who are out there really taking the heat like this need that support more than anything because there's there's a couple reasons. One, I mean, this is this is our living that we have we need we need the support on that level. And two, uh, because it sends a message to the establishment, this your message is not acceptable, and and we are fully in support of this. If it starts to hit, if they start to see the money going in this direction, trust me, there will be a big cascade where things will change really quickly. Um. For people who are wondering, I would recommend reading SJW's Always Lie. Um, I haven't read SJW's Always Double Down, but I have bought it. It's sitting on my uh, sitting in my Kindle program, and I've read uh, the introduction and a large portion of the first chapter. So, I, I have I done enough to sound a warning to for people to be prepared. I hope so. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's from the Wu-Tang Clan. Protect your neck. Um, That's right. Don't put yourself in a position where they can easily destroy your life. Be aware that this is what's going to happen. I mean, they're doxing John's children. Okay? That's how low these scumbags are. They dox children on the internet because he wrote an article that pointed out that modern science fiction and fantasy magazines are more likely to publish women than they are to publish men. Because he wrote that article, they tried to destroy his life, they tried to destroy his professional contacts, and they tried to dox his children on the internet. Um, Right now, uh, in the SJW Attack Survival Guide, again, links in the description, there is eight stages of an SJW attack. Locate or create a violation of the narrative, point and shriek, isolate and swarm, and then reject and transform. So right now, John is either at step three or step four. Um, I, I hit step five a couple weeks ago there. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, there was a, w w during that mass and friendly campaign when I started asking about it, um, uh, I, I got a lot of people going, you just need to apologize, man. You just need, you just need to apologize and hope it'll work out. Um, I, I, you were in, you were in a little message group when I was kind of, when I was like fretting about it a little bit. Um, and, uh, I, thankfully I think, I mean, get a network of people like, like daddy warping for real, because, um, you know, you're sitting there and, and, and I'm sitting here nervous, freaked out about my kids. I don't want to deal with it anymore. And, you know, having five or six people there who have your back saying, don't apologize, which is, which is, I believe, you know, point three of uh, fighting SJWs. Um, you know, that, that, that got me through it a hundred percent. Um, so, so make sure you have those people for that press for surrender moment or, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty easy to break. I'm, I'm human and I, I don't find myself particularly stronger or, or better than anybody else. I'm, I'm probably, um, a little more susceptible than most, uh, to these kind of emotional, uh, deals because I, you know, I, 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 I take, I take disloyalty very personally. Um, but it was there and I appreciate you being there, man. Um, absolutely. And here's the thing, folks. Have I, have I ever apologized to an SJW? Yes. Once because I genuinely did something wrong and, uh, I apologized. I needed to apologize. It was just a moral choice. On the other hand, what they're pr pushing for in an apology, in a regular SJW attack apology, because I wasn't being swarmed. Uh, this wasn't the target of a mob or anything. It was one individual person. I had misidentified them. Um, they were John X, and I identified them as John Y. So 
I apologized because they deserved an apology. I misidentified the person. And it was one person. I wasn't being swarmed. I wasn't being attacked by a mob of SJWs. Um, if you were a target of a swarm, never apologize. Never apologize because it does not buy you any consideration. They will attack you harder because you apologized. You are showing them weakness, they will attack you harder, and they will use your apology as proof, not only of what you may have done wrong, but of any other, any other uh, crime they can accuse you of. They will use your apology as proof of it, especially if you didn't do anything wrong. If you didn't do anything wrong, do not submit to their viewpoint. Know that what you have done isn't an actual wrong and that they don't deserve your apology. They do not deserve an apology if you didn't do anything wrong. So never apologize because they will try and destroy you. They will use your apology as proof. Yep. Um, again, there's all sorts of good advice. Uh, go ahead. I uh, Yeah, th I think we've... I think we've pretty much exhausted the the topic to this extent. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the takeaways are, uh, if you're in a position, speak out. If you're not, support those who speak out. Um, and and yeah, we've uh, we've talked about the original stuff of don't apologize. And, and uh, yeah, the social justice warrior attack survival guide is uh, very, very handy. And it's very true in all of these instances. Um. Yeah, I, I I wanted to give John a chance to get his story out so that uh, people who are likely allies who have not heard of John before uh, can recognize a fellow um, combatant on the front lines of this culture war, and also to help anybody listening recognize what what was done to John and how uh, teeny tiny the uh, transgression may have been. He wrote a fact-based, statistics-based article that contradicted their narrative, and for that, they tried to destroy him. And, and I'll also That's point it. out that on that on that article, I mean, this is this is very important. They they never came back. Nobody else did an analysis showing different numbers. They just called me a liar, called me all this other stuff. Um, nobody nobody ever did different math that showed anything otherwise. <laughs> They're all lazy and they all just want to uh, personally attack uh, against the narrative. There's no, there's never anything logical about it. And that's, that's why you can't even try to reason with them. So, all right, folks. Um, John, any, any last words before we take off? Um, things are going great. I mean, right after this, uh, Alt Hero was announced. My profile is going to go way up again because I am going to be co-writing a book with Vox Day himself. Um, my baseball in space novella, Gravity of the Game, has been selling great. Um, it's it's a pretty niche concept, but everybody's liking it because I tell stories with great characters that are just fun. Uh, it doesn't matter what the situation is, and there's no politics in it. So if if you want to just produce great content and and be out there like I am, there's you know I mean yeah there's there's the painful days because of the attacks, but. Uh, you don't have. You really don't have to worry about it. There's an audience for you. You're not turning anybody off. Uh, that's how they lie to keep you quiet. Um, have you been able to find a replacement cover artist yet, or are you still looking? You know anybody? I'm going for top shelf. I'm not. I'm not a. I, I don't want to skimp on cover art ever. Um, so uh, if you know anybody who's uh, reasonable on that and uh, and wants to work with me, uh, please let me know. I'm I'm definitely interested. All right. Thanks for tuning in, folks. This has been a special edition of Geek Gab. I don't know if we're going to be doing this again, um, but this has been Geek Gab Battlegrounds. Normally, we try to steer away from politics, but today uh, we just had to talk about it because they uh, they attacked a, a friend and a uh, comrade of mine, and I felt that everyone who uh, is in a similar position could definitely benefit from hearing about his experience and his response. And here's the thing. They did just about everything they could to burn his career down, but his career is going. His career kept on going. It was not destroyed because he did not give in. He did not give up. He 
continued to fight and found that there were allies. There were people who, when it looked the darkest, there were people who reached out and gave him the help he needed and helped lift him up. And you will too. So let me read. Um, let me read the rest of this because I think it's kind of important. Um, when social justice invades your hobbies or comes after your career, um, understand that they destroy everything they touch. And it's time for us fans and creators to reclaim, rebuild, or start over because we are the only ones who will. We are the only ones who can. These hobbies are ours. We love them and we want them to thrive and we're the only ones who will fight for them. Video games, ours. Comics, ours. Fantasy and science fiction, ours. Tabletop RPGs, ours. We built them. SJWs only destroy. It's a culture war and we're culture warriors and you win a culture war by making culture. Not by voting, holding hearings, or canvassing for votes. By creating, writing stories, making comic books, crafting games, whatever. And I believe in us because we can create. SJWs only destroy. They simply cannot win. It may take a while, but we can win. We will win. No one else has our backs, but we don't need them to. We've got this. We are revolutionaries. We're disreputable and despised. No one loves us but us. But we can outcreate SJWs any day of the week. And we already are. We're already storming the halls of power. We're already panicking social justice. We're already fighting and already winning. It's just a matter of time. Time and perseverance. If we endure, we win. It's that simple. One YouTuber, Diversity in Comics, has the entire social justice comic industry in a panic. They tried to do the same thing to him that they did to John because they're afraid. They're right to be afraid because we can beat them. We can outcreate them. We're culture warriors. Nobody has our backs but us. And nobody can stop us but us because if we endure we win. That's it. Thanks for turning in to Geek Gab, folks. Um, I hope you uh, check out John's author page, check out his books, check out uh, the original article so you can see exactly what crime he committed to justify destroying his life. Uh, Sci-fi sexism by the numbers. Again, that link is in the description to the video. The link to his author page is in the description to the video. And link to... Uh, the moment of fighting the culture war and the SJW attack survival guide all in the description underneath the video. Thank you for turning in, folks. We are signing off for today, but don't you worry. Geek Gab will be back.